walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass, or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to yet another episode of The Shock Factor, where I, Stephen Shock, am joined by the beautiful and handsome Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. Fellas, how are we doing today? I'm feeling good, nice and toasty, wearing a full parka for the uh, Big Ten preview because it's cold there. It is cold there, uh, is Jake, cold. and I'm I'm excited to talk about the the Big Ten baseball conference uh, for a lot of reasons. I think that of the Power Five conferences, this is often the one considered the fifth. But no, we are doing it third out of love and respect and appreciation for these thirteen baseball teams in this big 10 conference steve we talked about this on the big 12 it seems like you have a little bit more appreciation for the uh you know the uh, misleading number in this conference's name yeah because it, it's in our favor you know it's the under promise over deliver aspect of it where you went to mcdonald's you said hey let me get the 10 piece nuggets and they gave you 13 and you are the happiest a drunk person has ever been at 3 a.m and that's just all part of it. And then they said to you, hey, come back next year or the year after and we'll give you 15 nuggets. Yeah, you think that's a good deal. <laughs> wait, to, wait till Jimmy comes into work. Wait till Jimmy you... is even worse at counting than me. He's going to give 15. you those. He's going to give you those West Coast nuggets. Yeah, the in and out, <laughs> the in and out, the in and out nuggets. Who's bad at counting? That's. That's who they're bringing to the table. I was going to say, um, does it not have nuggets? They don't no, have nuggets. Doesn't. What secret menu? That's that's a next level of secret menu that you need to Dude, get I, to. I've never been. Yeah, that's, never even been. that was I made clear. That's a West Coast thing. The fact that you've never been to In-N-Out was made clear by the inference that they had nuggets. Now, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we are talking about the fact that USC and UCLA will be joining this conference yeah. in Not, I think two years. Yeah, it's it's but next it, next summer, so twenty twenty five season will be the first season with it. Which will be hilarious and we I guess we could talk about all that next year. And I actually do have some thoughts about that that we'll get to in a second. But yes, there are thirteen teams in this conference. Mm -hmm. There are eleven in the big sorry, there are nine in the big twelve. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are thirteen in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. Normal okay. stuff. And that, Normal stuff. Got it? <laughs> Steve, what's the vibe of this conference when you think about it? The the vibe is, hey, we're we're here too. You know, they, they kind of, I feel like they get treated like the ugly duckling. Like, I get it. It's cold up there, so not many people want to go to the game sometimes. But they're still good at baseball. Like, it. I, I feel like they don't really get the respect they kind of deserve just because they don't get a ton of attention, I would say. I would say that com combined with that, or a big result of that, as people have pointed out, is that they have also had the slowest assimilation back into the relatively post-COVID 
college baseball landscape, right? Because they were so isolated in 2021. And then we're still kind of, you know, reacclimating to, you know, going down and playing baseball without masks on and stuff like that in 2022. And that has clearly cost them the, the attention and respect, uh, as we saw certainly with them only getting two teams in the regionals last year. And we'll get to that. But that's the other thing. It feels like they were they were up there. They were clearly a Power 5 team. You know, of course, Michigan and all, all that stuff. And the last few years, it's been like, where have you guys been? We've been hanging out and partying and playing baseball nonstop. COVID be damned. <laughs> so right. we're trying because to re reacclimate. These programs have structural disadvantages compared to the other conferences. And it is a structural disadvantage that is obvious if you've followed baseball on any level. And it is very simple. The colder it is outside, the less baseball you can play outside and the worse you will be at baseball, generally. This is why so many more big leaguers are from warm places, the South, oh, right? Mm -hmm. And so that has two effects when it comes to the Big Ten Conference. One is that the teams that are practicing are either practicing, usually practicing inside in the enormous cavernous football turf complex that a lot of these schools have because a lot of these schools are very good at football, mm -hmm. right? I was going through Twitter accounts Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, all these teams are having like actual scrimmages inside, like in the football complex. That's the first thing. But the second thing is that the places that these teams are recruiting from are places where the player pool is worse. So like if I'm the University of Georgia and I have kids coming to my school in state from Georgia, that group is going to be light years better, no disrespect than that same group in Iowa or Minnesota or Michigan. Mm -hmm. That's just stats. Yeah. That said, um, as we look at the names of these schools, like these sh should still be programs that with the resources and with the coaches and with the play player development that they should be able to have. All that said, Jake, yes, they're obviously just not playing as much baseball outside. There should still be a lot of potential for this conference to kind of get back up to being a, a very legitimate power five. Steve, did you ever consider uh, the Big Ten as a potential home for your uh, beautiful uh, Husky <laughs> pitching? Um, no, it was never really on my radar. And that was mainly just because the main school that I felt didn't like me was Maryland. So I was like, okay, well, probably, probably don't want to go there. And then every other school was north of that. And I was like, that seems probably pretty cold. <laughs> okay. Um, I could go down one state mm -hmm. didn't, didn't go too far mm -hmm. down. I didn't really dodge the cold necessarily, but I, I had kind of already known in my brain where I wanted to go anyway, so it, it was a simple process for me. But uh, to your point, though, Steve, you know that that is obviously part of the the discussion, and also I'm sure in the in the age of the transfer, part of the way that players are, are thinking about it. Of course, if they have an opportunity to go play in the SEC or or the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve, whatever, that might be a little bit more appealing. Uh, if you would like to not be wearing multiple layers while you play baseball, um, all yeah, that said, there's still lots of like uh, in the Big Ten slash Big Thirteen. Uh, Stephen, any final thoughts on the on the the broad picture before we talk about the teams? I I think just the disadvantages of practicing in those indoor turf facilities. Like it, it's great to have, it's great to have a place where you can go and get, get your work in while there's snow on the ground. But you just think about it. You're in there just sitting there breathing those turf fumes for hours on end. 
And God forbid this practice is at night. I remember having indoor turf practices at night, and you walk out of that building, you are blind for the first 35 <laughs> seconds. But you're around your friends, so no one wants to admit they're blind. So you got entire athletic teams just stumbling out there, way too proud to admit that no one can see. And you're, you're just trying your best, but I, I hate the indoor facility practice. Steve, can they're, you explain? They're, they're my least favorite. Steve, can you explain what you're talking about? <laughs> I not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Time out. I, I'm going to now translate. Yes. I speak yeah. Jordan and Steve. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to translate that's, here. That's why he's the glue guy. I'm the glue guy. The lighting in a lot of these indoor facilities is like, absurdly bright that's that's just what i assumed i just and wanted so to when clarify you walk out, right when you walk outside <laughs> at night the level of darkness is just earth shattering mm. is that what you were saying steve yeah okay. yeah so it, it, it's just my worst ever practice experience was in one of these indoor turf turf uh, facilities and Ever since, it's just been no, so, no, no go for me. I, as someone who went to a Division three school, the opportunity to have a turf facility like the ones these Big Ten schools have, right, is salivating because we were practicing in a basketball gym. Yeah, I was right? about to say. And so <laughs> that's that's more right. common, yeah, for that's those more smaller common. schools. And I think that for those of you who are doing the early morning indoor practices, as much of the Big Ten is, I think it is about embracing the weirdness of it. And so what I loved about those environments is how everything echoes, okay? When you're throwing a bullpen in one of these airplane hangers, when you hit the mitt, when glove hits mitt, and you'll appreciate this, Steve, us 85, 86 mile per hour guys, when when you get it right, that shit pops like 102. That's fair. Right? That's very fair. And maybe that's part of the problem here in the Big Ten. All these guys, they, they don't have radar guns. They're just listening to their velo, and they think it's faster than it is. Yeah, I think I think the biggest problem is just the amount of conditioning I've done in those places because you're always there in the off season. You're never there in the, like during the season when it's right. nice out. So you you never get the happy memories. It's like how I and I'm sure many other people associate the taste of Captain Morgan with vomiting because of college yeah, sure. and like yeah. you associate an indoor baseball facility with having to sprint. Yeah. Which it, it's mainly the smell of it because psychologically, you know, the, the scent is the thing in our brain that goes the fastest. It connects us the strongest to memories. And it's anytime I smell burning rubber, which you know, me, always burning rubber i think of these indoor turf facilities and i get a little gag i get a little (laughs) (laughs) but this this is the reality for these teams and i know that many of these programs over the first month or so will travel to warmer weather places to play their games on the road and whatnot but as far as you know fall ball and you know this transition into the start of the season this is their reality. I mean, what is the warmest climate of any of these places? I it might be Maryland, ironically, uh, <laughs> compared to what you described I really earlier. Think it is right, Steve. Yeah. 
Because like I if if we're if we're looking at these thirteen programs, I mean it's you know it's Pennsylvania, it's Indiana, it's it's Ohio, it's it's I mean I think Maryland's probably getting the warmest around this time of year, which really kind of goes like, to show. I, as someone from Maryland, I don't understand if everyone thinks this way, but Maryland gets really hot in the summer. Sure. No. Oh, well, in the summer, we have no no doubt but, about that, right? But not until like June first. <laughs> yes. It's never. Never in the spring is it warm. It's like blisteringly cold, and then you wake up one morning and you got a bloody nose because the heat changed so fast. But so the yeah. they are the the furthest south. Yeah, uh, they are the fur, the school that is the furthest south, the University of Maryland, followed, I believe, by the University of Illinois, is second, and then then it's like Purdue, Ohio State, Penn State, yeah. Ohio State, and then you move your Which, way up. Yeah, well, so it's funny because so and, and to that point though, like you say, Seattle was really cold. Well, listen, Minnesota's got everybody beat there, but we know they and I believe they're like hosting the the U.S. Bank tournament. There's a bunch of teams going up there to start the season, so that'll be really interesting. Okay, so we we've sort of alluded to some of them. Let's actually name who who we're talking about here and get into you know storylines, main characters, and whatever. So thirteen teams, two of them um, were in the postseason last year, just two. Uh, that was, uh, as we mentioned, the, the Terps, who had a historic season, um, but they did not win the tournament. That was Michigan, so Michigan got the automatic bid. But it was just those two teams. As Rutgers, one of the most exciting teams last year, did not get in at large. Very disappointing. Behind them, we have Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska, Indiana, Ohio State, Purdue, Penn State, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Northwestern. Maryland coming in as the only team in the Big Ten, ranked in the preseason top 25 at number 13. And as far as storylines that I'm looking forward to this year, I'll start with Maryland. Uh, I was living in, in D.C. last year. My, my younger brother goes to the University of Maryland, so I got to be around that program a lot last season. And what a year. I mean, what a year to end up hosting a, a regional at that park, which – Jake, I'm still not even sure if you've been there before, but it's Steve, I'm pretty sure you have uh, have been to the the, the Maryland and campus. And for anyone that doesn't know, I and mean, they've talked about on on this this podcast feed before this D one baseball podcast, like them hosting a regional, it is probably as far behind it's, as far as facilities as any <laughs> any regional host. But they made it work. It was so cool. The campus showed out. But I'm just excited because. They have a lot of awesome players back and like being the one team that's ranked and, and for them to kind of uh, ascend as like the premier program in this conference is is really cool because Maryland baseball, you know, as all of us, as we grew up in, in the area, it's, Maryland baseball was not necessarily something that had our attention when we were younger um, at all. And now they are like a legitimate powerhouse. I didn't even know it existed for a long time. <laughs> right, yeah. Steve? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I would say I did grow up liking Maryland a lot because they would have baseball camps mm -hmm. there and uh, and they had a panda like the field you guys know where yeah, it I'm... is but right across the street from the field not even like 30 feet there is a dining hall with a panda express it's got to be the closest panda express to college baseball field <laughs> what um, a stat in, what a stat in the conference if not the mm -hmm. nation and you know that as a fan, that plays for me. That's important. As a, and, and as a kid, it played for you. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, Panda Express and baseball, it's a great combo. It's not often talked about because it, it's tough to pull off. It's hard to pull off in person. But Maryland is one of the facilities you can do it at 
with ease. The mainstream media is refusing to talk about the relationship between Panda Express and baseball. It seems here, Steve, the proximity between this stadium and the Panda Express puts the Express in Panda Express. It really does. It is the most expressive panda. And I would say you put the panda in Panda Express. I put the Panda Express into Steve. <laughs> Steve, w- was Panda Express a pre or post game uh, situation for you? Mid- or or so, mid game? <laughs> so I- when I played for the Bethesda Big yes. Train, let me walk you through. This is another field, Shirley Povich Field, probably. Point three miles from the Montgomery Mall. Oh, we know it well. We know it well, Steve. Now you're speaking our language. (laughs) You take, you leave the park where the Bethesda Big Train play. You take a left, you take a right, you take a left, and then you take a lot of lefts and rights as you find a parking (laughs) spot. But so I won't, I won't count through those, but you were there. And when I played for the Big Train, we would have baseball camp in the morning. Then we'd have a break about an hour break and then we had like our warm-ups our pre-game stuff and we had another hour break the amount of days where my day was i woke up ate a mcgriddle <laughs> in college park believe it or not ate a mcgriddle from college park traversed to shirley povich field ran a baseball camp with a bunch of kids who had no idea what i was talking about or where they were probably <laughs> that's fine we had fun then panda express and then warm up with guys who play baseball and know where they are. And then Panda Express again. So, you yeah. It's, go? Uh, you would do multiple trips in a day? You would do two a days? Dude, wait. Also, yeah. like, I, we've been to Montgomery Mall a million times. There are other similar levels of options of Panda Express. And I like Panda Express, too. But you, you double-dipped multiple times? Well, the problem was... You guys follow baseball. I'm sure you know about superstitions, correct? Um, so the first time I did it, I struck out the side for two straight innings. Mm. I, it, it was incredible, and I was like, well, "All right, I guess I to have to do chicken. that every day." Yep. <laughs> America, and this guy was one of the. He was the closer for one of the premier programs in America, and for a summer, so his entire diet was a McGriddle and two trips. Separate trips to Panda Express. America really is the land of hope and dreams. It it is. And I will say it wasn't always two times a day. It was always at least once, but sometimes during our games, (laughs) like when we didn't feel like going to the mall and back, me and a few other pitchers, would we had a hole in our bullpen fence so you could easily access the parking lot. So we would DoorDash Moe's in around the fifth or sixth inning. And then... Wait, I would either pitch or I would. Wait, 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 Steve. Was this the first summer with with the big train or the second summer or both? Second, second summer, summer which is a key detail yeah. because that was the summer when um, Steve had a zero ERA. <laughs> so there were no there were no rules, no summer. rules, and no earned runs. This man was getting everyone out and fucking door dashing Moe's to the bullpen. 
and I was playing with guys from Maryland, so it all ties okay, back. Okay, thank you for bringing us back, professional podcaster, oh. Maryland Terrapins. I'm excited about this team. They're going to be great. <laughs> um, but they are not the only team uh, in this in this conference. And and you mentioned, Jake, you know, we got UCLA and, and, and USC coming in. But until we until those teams somehow show up in this in this region, uh, what are the other things you're looking forward to in this uh, in this conference? I'm thinking a lot about Rutgers, uh, a non-traditional power in in baseball. And a lot of that is just because of how much baseball there is in New Jersey. It is kind of an untapped uh, market in a way where, you know, Jordan and I cover Division Three baseball for fun as well. And there are so many Division Three teams in New Jersey. And let me just double check here. I don't want to get my numbers incorrect, but... The number of D there are eight, uh, eight D one teams in New Jersey. Okay, oh boy, eight. I'll just Farley, Dickinson, Monmouth, NJIT, oh Princeton, Ryder, Ryder yep. Rutgers, Seton Hall, and St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. And like only one of those is in a Power Five, mm-hmm. and that's Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Princeton is kind of its own thing mm-hmm. because it's the Ivy League, right? So Rutgers should have a huge stranglehold on this state to recruit from. And what we've seen over the last couple, like tons of years is kids leaving the state the best players leaving the state to go play elsewhere and i think what rutgers can do moving forward and what they've done and how this team has improved is just keep a lot of those best players in new jersey in state new jersey has the highest population density of any state in america right yeah it is the most urban state in the country and that is helpful for baseball because that means facilities and that means like you know teams to play in in competition which and to that point, you mentioned the D3 stuff. Also, junior college. There's a ton of junior college baseball in New Jersey as well. There's more than enough people um, to play. And actually, this is relevant to one of my main characters for the season, which we'll, we'll save that. But but no, it's a great point. And, and obviously, they are certainly a team who who you know had an amazing season last year, and we thought they were going to get in at large. And I, I, w- I would imagine had Maryland won the tournament, Rutgers maybe would have had a better chance as the second Big Ten team. But with Michigan winning, Maryland was going to get in over them, and that that maybe screwed them. But I mean, it doesn't make it. They still should have been in. So, Steve, you got Rutgers thoughts? Yeah, I just think there's so much untapped talent in the state of New Jersey, baseball wise. It never made sense to me, just because when you think of New Jersey, you don't think of baseball necessarily. And every every school we played against in the ACC there was at least one guy from New Jersey who was just dominating everybody yeah, else that's a great yeah. like i remember we played duke joey loperfito <laughs> i think he hit three home runs against us and i was like who is this kid where is he from new jersey yep. like it it's just all random but you look at any college baseball roster of any decent team there's going to be like one kid from new jersey and you're going to be like Okay, that's kind of random, but all right, there he is. So I, I just think if Rutgers had a better just grip, got all those guys to stay in state, it would be a disgusting team. So just by a rough count, they got 30 guys on their roster from New Jersey, right? And that's just going to be really important for them moving forward is to recruit that state, their own state, as best they can. Yeah, well, it seems like they're, they're trending uh, in that direction. Uh, any other things, or should we take a, a quick break and return with our main characters? I think we should. Well, I think yeah. Michigan, just we should bring up quickly, mm-hmm. uh, that program was at the top of this conference for a while, thanks to Eric Bakich, 
who has since moved on to Clemson and no shade to the man replacing him, Tracy Smith, who we'll talk about. But it is understandable that that for that program to maybe take a half step back when you lose such a big coach who defined and revitalized and just made that program what it was year one in a new world might be a little tough for them. And then the last thing I want to bring up, Jordan, is if you have the document up, Jordan, uh, what stands out to you under the list of non-regional teams? There's a note here that I added. Um, uh, Actually, let's have Steve read it. Steve, do you see this note <laughs> I have here on the sheet? Yeah, um, I, I believe it's, if I'm reading the correct one, kid with 40 cousins. What, is yes, that, what does that mean? This doesn't even look like a real sentence. What does that mean, Jake Mintz? So to prepare for this show, you know, I, I deep dive on on all these teams' Twitter accounts. And the Michigan State Spartans baseball Twitter account has done like a meet the Spartans where kids say three facts about themselves. And there is a kid on the team named Joseph Zierwa, D-Z-I-E-R-W-A. Okay. And one of his things is you'd be surprised to know. And he answered, I have over 40 cousins. Hmm. So this is only interesting if it's first cousins, in my opinion. <laughs> because... Well, 100% agree. We all have over 40 extended cousins. <laughs> right. But if this guy has over 40 first cousins, which is how I'm choosing to read it, yes, I am fascinated in that for a couple of reasons. Because he does not give a, an exact number. It could be over 50 cousins. <laughs> yeah. Does he know all of them, like by name? Joseph Girois, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. To do like the Antonio Cromartie style, <laughs> list all your cousins, okay? Um, I just love that. Like, what does this tell you? This tells me that this dude's, I guess, grandparents mm -hmm. were were doing it right. Well, yeah, it's just it's, his parents have um, 10 siblings. Like, it's not that complicated. Yeah. But it's more like, um, I mean, the Cromartie reference is both hilarious and not fair because... I mean, if you have 40 plus cousins, it probably is hard to name them. I struggle, I, I can only think of like, but, but that's, that's the difference. I mean, if some of us, we spent, see our first cousins all the time and we can see them all the time. I wouldn't blame them if you can't name all of them, but I agree. Issue the challenge. Joseph, come on the show, name all your cousins. <laughs> um, Storyline to watch, surely, for the 2023 season. All right. <laughs> We're going to take uh, a quick break and we will be back with our main characters and superlatives. And we're back. How's everybody doing? Good. We're back. That's good. I've I've never been the we're back guy, so Now you are. I, Welcome. I'm sorry, this is my first time. Um, but yeah, now what, what do you guys want to get into now? You want to go over the main characters and plot points of this uh, program? Let's do it. Let's this program known as the, the Big Ten, Big 13 Conference. Uh, main characters, again, as we've alluded to in our previous uh, couple conference previews, um, the beauty of college baseball is you don't have to tune in every single week to know what the hell's going on, but generally you should have an idea of who the main characters are. Who are the players and people that we will be talking about the most in the Big Ten this season, in our opinion? Certainly some other characters can pop up and come up out of nowhere that we're not prepared for, but there are some that we are especially excited for. Uh, where would you guys like to begin? Because we definitely have some fun ones on this list. Stevie Baseball, give it to me. 
Uh, you guys heard of Jason Safakul? I have. Tell me, he hey. sounds pretty Safakul yeah. to me. He's, uh, he's from Maryland. It's Jason Safakul. I got a, I got a two nine three ERA. Dece. In a hundred and one. Hundred. That's innings. a lot of innings. What, what, what do you know about that? <laughs> what do you know about that, Steve? Well, you tell me. Every hitter comes up. He says, "Hey, get out of here. Get out of here." Okay. You know? What else? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's just really good. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it, got it. Nice, he's nice, a fun nice. guy to watch play baseball. And when you say his name, just say his name. It's That's fun. true. It gets stuck in your head. That's true. You hear his name one time on broadcast, you're going, Savvy Cool, Savvy Cool, all day. That's true. I agree with that. I have not been able to get this kid's name out of my head since he got to campus at Maryland. And I agree. He's one of the best pitchers in the conference. I've heard good things about this guy. Like he's apparently in the in the um, very cerebral. Uh, you know, we're reading books in between outings. We're reading. You know, we're we're really diving in. One of the one of the smarter lads in all of the Big Ten. And as you said, he gets outs. He gets outs. We like getting yeah. outs, right? That's and cool, Steve. You're you're into that. Yeah, I'm I'm into both those mm-hmm. things. I I would read where the wild <laughs> things are between every outing. Believe it or Steve, not, because yeah. I'm, Steve was was just um, crushing the very hungry caterpillar uh, between <laughs> between his Bethesda big train uh, scoreless outings. Uh, sometimes after bad outings, I would I would read uh, the given tree <laughs> to really to kind of reset wail. and humble yourself. Just wail it out. <laughs> um, Jake, give us a main character, Chris Brito. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Who is a first base min masher type uh i believe he is listed as an infielder and maybe he could play some third base but this is a big boy with a big swing a fifth year senior at rutgers who's from new jersey last year hit 16 home runs for the knights and then went to the cape and played for born and won the championship on the cape with a 903 ops now that sounds pretty good but if you know anything about the cape a 903 ops is like you know, 900,003. It is like 2,000 OPS, right, Steve? Yeah, the Cape is, uh, it's hard to be good on the Cape because you got, especially as a hitter, you got wood bats against the best pitchers in the nation. Yeah. It, it, it's just not, baseball is already in the odds of the pitcher, but yeah. adding the wood bat just kind of really sets the scale that way so this guy went out and and crushed it in the cape won the championship was a key part of that born braves team uh and two more things about chris brito all right one is that he is active on twitter which i like he's doing some retweets he's he's not super active but he's on there uh and his header photo is oriented incorrectly where it is sideways, so if you look at it, it looks like he's lying down. And it's a very silly look on his Twitter, and I would just say, Chris, if you're listening, please give that a look. Or, I'm also or, now realizing... Or it's like that for a reason you don't understand. Um, but What if he looked at the picture and was like, you know what? I'd probably look better in this picture if I were lying down. But there's Didn't no explanation. want to it. I also like that in his main photo on Twitter, he's playing third base, mm. which he played 15 games of last year as opposed to 39 at first. So live your dreams. No, that's good, last... though. That's good, though, because yeah. you're presenting yourself as a third baseman. Um, Correct. Which we appreciate. Now, the last thing about Chris that I like uh, is something that he and I have in common. No. Oh. All right. Me, Chris Brito, Rob Banford, 
Aaron Judge, mm, Michael Strahan. I know where this is going. Mac DeMarco, <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. What do we all have in common, Steve? I don't know if we've talked to Steve about this, but he'll. <laughs> there were so many different people named that I can't even process. I, I think you just lay it on me. Gap Tooth Gang, baby. <laughs> all right. These, oh. these front chompers. There's a, there's a passageway here. All right. There's room to maneuver in between these teeth. And Chris Brito is a part of that gang. Okay. And so he and I are in the same group chat. Chris, if you're listening, don't get them fixed. Okay. Be proud. Be proud of those chompers, baby. Let's go. Chris Brito has got, we, we really dug in there. He, <laughs> he, 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 yeah, we got Chris Brito's be like, wow, I feel seen. I would imagine would be his takeaway from that yeah, discussion. He should be seen. What'd you say, Steve? He should be. Seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the point. You know? And heard on, on this podcast. If I, if I hop on real quick and talk about one of his born brave teammates, Please, go ahead. Uh, Evan Slight, yes. who is at Rutgers. He's an outfielder, but anytime you tune into a Rutgers game, I played with him at Virginia. He's always running around making some sort of play. but And, and he's got a really pretty lefty swing, so he's a fun guy to watch, too. Good pick, good pick. I'm going to go back to the Brito uh, category uh, of the category of, of big boys make noise and talk about Matthew Ellis at Indiana, who has earned the nickname Big Country, which, you know, normally I'd say, all right, well, how big, how country are you, right? <laughs> but when I look at Matthew Ellis from Wadi, Kentucky, and I see this man who last year, from what I can tell, set the stat cast record in college baseball, which obviously is an even shorter, uh, you know, track man record, you know, has only been in D1 for so many years. 118 mile an hour exit velo homer uh, last March. He's back for his senior year. He's got crazy pop, 18 bombs last year. And, uh, yeah, I would just maybe not not throw him a, a, a hittable fastball. You will be torched in a, in a dangerous way. Or do, and make sure that it's at a stadium where there's a track man unit and make sure there's someone in the stands that is filming it so that we can all see and enjoy it. That's big country. Matthew Ellis at Indiana. I'm excited about him. Jordan, why don't you run through a couple more here? Yeah, so, I mean, the best players in the conference, Matt Shaw, shortstop Maryland, Ryan Lasko, uh, Jersey Boy at Rutgers, and Mitch Jeb at Michigan State. I think he could be one of the higher-drafted Michigan State Spartans ever. Brody Brecht, who also plays football, throws 100 miles an hour. George Klassen might be this year's Ben Joyce. He was up to 102 over the summer for Minnesota and the Gophers. But just back to the theme of what we were talking about earlier, Jake, is, is keeping our Jersey boys in state. Maximus Martin, who was one of the best players at high school in New Jersey, coming in as one of the top freshmen at Rutgers. Have to imagine he had all kinds of offers all over the place. But a guy named Maximus Martin, as you mentioned, Jason Savical, you're going to remember that name. And I love this one because following his senior spring, you would see lists where he was listed as Max Martin, and then you would see Maximus Martin. And it, it's clear that when he arrived on campus, he said, listen, I am Maximus. You will remember me and acknowledge me as such. <laughs> and I am excited to see how much he plays this freshman year. He had two things to do on signing day. He did pick the hat <laughs> of where he was going to go and then choose Max or Maximus. And he made two correct decisions, it seems. Well said. So, yes, I, that could be a, a nice addition Um for, for Rutgers. And, and again, like you said, just cool to keep some, some big talent in state. All right, let's move to our superlatives, which we've been doing. Again, we are assigning some, some yearbook superlatives. Uh, Jake, we begin with best slogan. 
Um, have you done some research as you did for the Big 12? Yeah. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't get through all of them, but these are fine. Like a lot of these are just the same as the other schools. Right. So Penn State is we are. Mm-hmm. Northwestern is go Cats. Did you find any uh, baseball specific ones? This was the these were the things we were focusing on with the last discussion. Indiana is hashtag IU base. IU base. Mm-hmm. Which is terrible. <laughs> Um, Maryland is hashtag dirty Terps, which is great. Mm-hmm. We like that. That's definitely baseball specific. Uh, Rutgers is baseball specific, which is TCD, which I think stands for uh, toughness, competitiveness, determination mm. or something like that, which is okay. I don't know about you, Steve. Does that read as a little cheesy to you? <laughs> it's not. It's not my style. Not Sorry. Cup of tea. Toughness. Commitment. Mm. Development. Oh, okay. So, what are you more into that, Steve? I like development. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not huge on acronyms, mm. Mm. especially mm. when it's not obvious and you made it up, right? Like, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, like, like the funny ones, mm-hmm. uh, like the funny ones, and like after you read it, you go, ah, that makes sense. Steve's like, favorite acronym is NCAA. <laughs> Uh, but then the other mm-hmm. the other ones that I like uh, in this conference, I like uh, – we'll get to this when we get to the non-Power 5, but there are schools where it's just the name of the coach and then era Ooh. is something you see a lot. <laughs> and so Nebraska's is hashtag Bolt era because their coach is Will Bolt who played there and now he's back uh, and he's coaching. Hashtag Bolt era, mm. which I like that. I like making it. They got bailed out by a coach with a cool name. Well, well, let's let's use that as a transition to our next superlative. Oh yeah, you have you have another one. Yeah, Purdue's is very weird. It is simply long live spring. Long live spring. Again, um, to me, it should be. We're not. We're clearly not in spring yet in West Lafayette, Indiana. So, but I do like that because that sort of implies a we would like to be playing for as long as possible. (laughs) <laughs> Which, Correct. I like that concept, but it kind of yeah. feels like a Nicholas Sparks novel. <laughs> That's um, also true. Also true. What a reference! Holy yeah, shit! Nicely done. See, he is well read. Imagine that. Um, yeah. Let's. I know some. You, you do. You do. Let's move on to the next one, which is which coach would you like to play for? Much more relevant for you two, as you actually played for real college baseball coaches. Um, you know, a couple Steve couple, played for like eight of them. <laughs> yeah, Steve's played for all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a long Got list. A lot. Uh, so, uh, does anyone uh, stand out? One stands out for me, for you, Jake. But is there anyone stand out to you, Steve? Is, is any of these coaches um, that that, that kind of strike your fancy? Uh, Steve Owens from Rockers. Um, a lot of my, uh, well, not a lot. Just one of my coaches from UVA is currently at Rockers, mm-hmm. Michael Garza. He's a fun guy. I really like him. So. By default, I said Steve Owens because you got to play for him to play for the other guy. <laughs> well, and and your teammate Evan Slight, right? Who former? So yeah. you got some yeah, some hoops up at, and Jason Hoops. I think he's still there. yes. Love Jason Hoops. Uh, Jason Hoops. <laughs> Jason Hoops. Here's ready for this. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the championship game of the New Jersey High School Championship, I believe in 2019 or uh, 2019. It was Jack Leiter against Jason Hoops. Mm. Jack Leiter and Anthony Volpe against Jason Hoops. And that entire game is online. And I've watched it start to finish. And Hoops, Hoops stuck in there against Leiter. Yeah, no. He, he, 
He's he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. I love that kid. Uh, Jake, have you figured out which Big Ten uh, coach I think is probably the one that you would pick? Is there a guy named like uh, Chaim Rosenblum or something? Or <laughs> no, it's Gap Tooth. It's it's Jake Boss at Michigan State. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Michigan State head coach, Jake Boss Jr. I should say. Um, but Jake's boss, Jake Boss, <laughs> I think, is an absolute layup. Um, I know Michigan State, you know, not not a great season in 2022. But, you know, as I mentioned, Mitch Jeb, super excited about him. I, I think this team can be a little bit better this year. And Jake Boss Jr., <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think about this name? That. Huh. Jake's boss. But I, do you, you don't consider your coach a boss. But still, it, you know, it seems like the easy pick. Your coach is not your boss. <laughs> You know, He's your yeah, baseball that, boss. That kind of feels like if uh, Jake were a minion, I feel like Jake Boss would be right on brand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and is he Jake Final Boss? <laughs> Jake, well, he's Jake Boss Jr. It's like Bowser Jr. That's the thing. I, I need to know more hmm. about Jake Boss Sr. to really d- determine uh, who is the, the final Jake Boss. Um, but um, anyway, <laughs> had to mention that one. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of, I know we already talked about Rutgers, but most unfinished business. This is a concept we, we talk about a lot on this show. It has to be Rutgers. Uh, but also, as we mentioned, they didn't, they were not allowed to start their business. And that was not their fault. They kind of completed the, the what appeared to be the prerequisites and thus were still not allowed into the class known as regionals. And that was bullshit. And we have to imagine that everyone coming in this year uh, feels like, uh, hey, we should have been the postseason. And so we would like to finish the business that we clearly started last year. Would you agree, Steve? I agree. Like, sure, they didn't form their LLC, but they started selling, you know. And did, did, they, get, did they get canned by the man in the end? Yeah, they did. Yeah. But they still sold those discs. <laughs> yeah. They still did what they could. You guys, whatever product it is. You guys are right. They should have gotten in over Ole Miss. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? Then they would have won it all. Exactly. That's right. what. If you're Rutgers, that's the logic you got to be working with. Proper. If I'm Rutgers, I'm pissed as shit. I'm like, <laughs> we should have gotten in over them. We would have won. Uh, that is funny to think about, though. Like as Ole Miss is like storming along in the postseason, and Rutgers is like. I mean, I, um, yeah, we definitely should have been over those guys. Uh, that is yeah, very funny. Yeah, to think we about. could have done that. That's a, that's that is kind of, it, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because it's like, oh, man, we deserve to be in. This could have been any of us. But it's also like, oh, well, they did win the whole thing. And we were probably not going to do that. So I guess they deserve to be in the tournament. Jordan, who is the uh, eldest boy, the oldest boy mm-hmm. brought to you not actually by AARP in yep. this conference? We got some old people in college baseball, and I am keeping an eye on Matt Woods, a 23, uh, soon-to-be 24-year-old transfer from Bryant Bulldogs coming down to play outfield um, for the for the Dirty Terps, as you mentioned. Uh, that, is, that is an old boy, and I think he is going to be very, very good uh, for Maryland this year, replacing some of the offense they, they lost uh, last year. So that he is the you, oldest boy, from what I can tell. If you, if you cut him open, 23 rings in there. Um, Stevie baby. Stevie baby. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell me about the culture shock factor here? The transfer from yeah, a so- most different school into the Big Ten. I'm kind of caught up between two. They're the exact same topic. And, you know, depending on how their success goes, it's going to really show how how well other institutions are going to assimilate into the Big Ten. 
and that's Zach Volkner, who goes to Iowa now. He transferred there from Long Beach State University, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you guys know this about Long Beach State University, but it's nice where where it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's warm. It is. Um, I've never no, I have been to Iowa. <laughs> Iowa's cold, I think. Um, so that's one. But Cody Jeffries is the bigger culture shock. He's going from San Diego all the way to Michigan. I know for a fact Michigan's cold. I disagree and with you. I know you. for a fact. Really? I think <laughs> I don't disagree think Michigan's Michigan cold. Is cold. I, yeah, and the sun's cold too. Everyone, sure. That's not what I'm disagreeing on. Okay. I okay. believe that okay. the transition from Long Beach to Iowa City is a way bigger whiplash than going from San Diego to Ann Arbor. Mm. Ann Arbor is like a a place with shit. Yeah, good point. Okay. Good point. Iowa I was City thinking all is tiny. temperature. Yeah. It's not just temperature. Not everything's about being cold, Steve. Yeah, but as a I, man it, who now refuses to be cold, it is. It, okay. That's true. Well also I would just say was He's still thinking about what we were talking about earlier this year, right? Earlier in this pod, just about that kind of adjustment. But it's true. I agree with you. Culturally, probably a little bit more uh, stark. Uh, Jake, can you finish us off with the best major that you found while searching uh, the Big Ten rosters? And then we will say goodbye. Yeah, I want to shout out Purdue. Purdue has two guys with majors that absolutely fucking rule. Let's hear it. We got Parker Dean. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Parker Dean is a freshman from Russiaville, Indiana. And he's already has decided on his major. Love that. What's he majoring in? Professional flight technology. <laughs> okay. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now, tell talk to me about why that's different from aerospace engineering. You want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you tell me. <laughs> I cannot do that. Uh, And then the other thing I like about Parker Dean is that, you know, when they, on these player pages, they have like the roster photo and then the photos above it. Yes. So because he's a freshman, there aren't any photos of him pitching, but there is a photo of him and a bunch of other guys with suits on. And he's wearing a Louis V belt, which is an amazing thing to be doing. Just like snagged a picture from his Instagram and put it on the. No, there's like a boiler up backdrop to it but it does seem like just like a pretty casual photo but he is wearing a louis v belt in it which is pretty un-purdue if you ask me drip or drown oh he does look good i see what you're i see what you're saying here yeah but professional flight technology and i'm just reassured that that someone's studying that someone's (laughs) a professional flight tech that dude this shit will keep you in the air here's what i'll say i hope he is going to class because I do not want any people majoring in this to have missed anything important <laughs> during <laughs> during their education. This is very high stakes, very important. But I love, I've, I've never seen those three words next to each other, professional flight technology. I don't know if that sounds cooler or less or more impressive than aerospace engineering, but I, I love it. I, I think that's great. It's much more on the nose. It's yeah. very matter of fact. Yeah. Now, the other Purdue major I want to talk about is much more nebulous, mm-hmm. okay? And that is a gentleman named Carter Krachuk, okay. who is uh, majoring in exploratory studies. Mm-hmm. Mm. That, that, isn't that undecided? 
that sense, that mean to me that is you are you've not figured out what you're doing yet. Um, I just love it. I love how many different it's. I think it's it's great because it's it's a great reminder that like Jake. So like we went to smaller schools and like you know liberal arts colleges they they like to to flex all these all the liberal, the liberal arts and all the combining these majors and all these different things. but the reality is there's just not enough people to have that many majors but at these bigger schools they're just coming up with all kinds of crazy slightly different variations of each other's majors and there's enough people to have them and i i i love this this is this is my favorite category of superlative that we're doing steve final thoughts about exploratory studies or professional flight technology before we say goodbye well, I like professional flight technology just because it's it really deviates from unprofessional flight <laughs> technology, which is for things like cars and boats, things oh. that you just really want to make sure aren't taken off. <laughs> so, no, I see it as like, I don't want someone to be an amateur flight technology expert, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I've been thinking about the bone. I've I've known about the Boeing seven thirty seven since before it blew up, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I studied amateur flight technology. So, yeah. When he was in small hangers, he was in small hangers. I was there. Yeah. It's I. But that's the thing. It's it's kind of um, suggesting a, a different levels of of flight, different levels of technology. Um, all of which Parker Dean will be learning about. Uh, he's probably learning right now, you know, the second semester. I'm sure he's really starting to kind of understand how professional we're talking. Uh, Parker, Parker Dean, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> come on the show and explain what the fuck you're learning. Okay. I would love to know what classes you're taking. Parker uh, Dean, welcome. Please come yeah. on the show. Do we want him on before or after uh, the Michigan State kid names all of his cousins? Uh, I mean, por que no los dos? <laughs> Everyone come on together. All right. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> on that note, Steve, close us out for this Big Ten preview. Yeah, so the Big Ten, I, I feel like we've missed a big spot and failing to mention it's one of the one of the big four that the ACC is not part of that also features gymnastics. Mm. Did you know most colleges don't have gymnastics? I didn't know about that. But I learned about that while researching for this episode. So – I, I don't know if that'll play a role this season or not, but I wanted to make sure to mention it before anything happened. Remember, key takeaway, Maryland hosted last yep. year. Was it because there's a Panda Express next to the stadium? Probably. Probably. Yep. But I can't say for certainty, so just remember, keep an eye out for that. If you're looking for a projected map of regionals, just look where's Panda Express close to the field. There you go. There's your answer. But I hope you had a great time. I had fun. Jake and Jordan are still here. They haven't hung up on the Zoom, so I think that means that they had fun. And I hope you did too. Yeah.